Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. This episode of Green and Gold History is presented by New Era. New Era Cap is proud to be the official cap of your Oakland athletics. Next time you visit the Coliseum, be sure to drop by the New Era Cap stand and pick up your A's New Era Authentic Collection Cap. Remember, you can always visit us at neweracap.com to shop our latest selection, including our limited edition and exclusive drops. New Era Cap, the official on-field cap of Major League Baseball. Hi again, everybody. This is Vince Catronio as we continue our countdown on the 50 greatest games in Oakland history. We passed the halfway point at number 20, Tony La Russa's first game as manager of the A's in 1986. At number 19, the walk-off base hit in the 2012 ALDS by Coco Crisp against the Detroit Tigers. Number 18 is streak victory number 19 of the 20-game winning streak of 2002. Number 17, Marco Scudero wraps up the series against the Minnesota Twins in the 2006 ALDS. And number 16, simply put, is Ricky Henderson, a retrospective. Every Tuesday and Friday, we continue our countdown to number one of the 50 greatest games in Oakland history on A's Cast and also on A's Total Access. And you can hear all these at athletics.com slash A's Cast. It's easy to see it now. A perfect confluence of two strong personalities, confident in their abilities, hoping that returning to their baseball roots would rekindle the drive for success. The date was July 7, 1986, a warm, muggy night at Fenway Park, where the Athletics were about to play on national television. I'm led by the brilliant rookie Jose Canseco with 19 home runs and a league-leading 68 RBIs. And Roger Clemens to face him, trying to increase his mark to 15-1, and one, the man who struck out 20 Mariners earlier this season. What's missing in that open was the reason the fortunes of the Oakland A's were about to change. Because that night marked the first game for Tony La Russa as manager of the Athletics. And his choice to start that game was right-handed pitcher Dave Stewart. And that's why it's game 20 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. Tony was in his ninth season as manager of the Chicago White Sox when he was dismissed by Jerry Reinsdorf on June 19th. Three weeks later, he was back with the Athletics, the team that signed him as a teenage shortstop in 1963 and spent parts of four years in Oakland. 
Dave Stewart, an East Oakland native, was drafted by the Dodgers, traded to Texas and Philadelphia, and was released by the Phils in May of 1986. And he came home two weeks later. He worked out of the bullpen until that magical Monday night in Boston. I was ready for our first encounter and for that first start. I didn't know it was going to be given to me. You know, I got the call from Tony when I was in Milwaukee, and he told me I would be starting the first game uh, for him as our manager. You know, I've always been real, real confident in my ability, and Roger Clemens, for me, was just another guy on the other side of the mound. I mean, I've got to make pitches, and I've got to pitch deep into a game to win a baseball game, and that was what I wanted to do, and that was my plan in the game, and, and you know, it worked out once again. I was able to win that game. Roger Clemens was the pitching story of the first half that season, going 14-1 and entering the game. The A's, meanwhile, turned to La Russa as their third manager that season after Jackie Moore was let go, and Jeff Newman ran the team on an interim basis for 10 games. They were underachieving, but still had solid talent like Dwayne Murphy and Alfredo Griffin, who combined to get the A's the lead against the Red Sox. In the air to left field and down into the corner, and Rice looking up at the wall and plays it off the wall as Davis gets waved in. The throw goes to second, safe there. And I tell you, had they called him out, it would have been very close as to whether the run would have counted or not. And it's Oakland 1 and Boston nothing in the second inning. That's ripped into left center field for a base hit, and maybe more as Armis cuts it off at the track. Murphy comes in to score on a double by Griffin, and it's 2-0 aid. Meanwhile, the 86 Red Sox were a dynamic team on their way to the World Series for the first time in over a decade. Already enjoying a seven-game lead in the division, Stewart wasn't going to be bothered with their resumes as he continued to work through that lineup in the fourth inning. One-two pitch to Armis, got him swinging again. So Stewart with two strikeouts, both times Armis the victim. Oakland had a 3-1 lead entering the sixth inning, still facing Clemens when they decided to take aim at the Green Monster with two of their sluggers to chase Clemens from the game. First, it was Canseco. Canseco, we talked about his batting practice prowess before. The flip side of that is that he feels he's gotten into some bad habits because he's been trying to put on a great show in BP. And he puts on a pretty good show during the game right here with a drive to left field and into the screen for a home run. Not your prototypical Canseco home run because that would have cleared the screen, but LaRusso will take it nonetheless. And that stills the crowd and makes it 5-1. to one. And for the rookie, that's number 20, and it gives him 70 runs batted in. Following Jose came Dave Kingman's turn. High, deep drive to left field, and somebody out on the street has that one for a souvenir. Number 12 and 65 bats here at Fenway Park for Dave Kingman. And Seiko hits a hanging breaking ball. Kingman tried to do this the first two times up, chasing fastballs over his head, finally connected. There was your Ruthian clout. Stu outlasted Clemens, leaving after six-plus innings and a 6-3 lead. Doug Bear pitched the final two and a third innings to close out a 6-4 win. The 0-2 to Barrett is grounded to third. Lansford juggles, retrieves, and throws him out. And Tony La Russa has a victory in his Oakland debut. Oakland wins it by a score of 6-4. Our thanks to Alan Roth and Steve Hurd, Al Michaels, and Jim Palmer now saying good night from Fenway Park.
in Boston where the A's have beaten the Red Sox 6-4. to four. It was a victory for the A's and the beginning of Stu's dominance over the Rocket. Never losing to Clemens in eight career starts, including the postseason, with a 1.80 ERA. Dave Stewart won 119 games for the A's and added 10 more in the postseason. You know, quite frankly, I, I needed a change. Um, I didn't know that, that coming home to play uh, would be what I needed. Um, actually, I left the decision to my agent, uh, Tony Atanasio, and he told me that, you know, I was coming to Oakland. And, it, it, you know, as it turned out, it was the best thing um, for my career. You know, it's funny how things happen the way that they do. I mean, little did I know that signing with him in 86, that later on that season, that Tony LaRusso would be coming here and Dave Duncan would be coming here and, you know, we'd, we'd do the things that we did. So it, it turned out to be a good thing. At that, at that point in my career, I, I needed something positive. And, it's, you know, it's just funny how God touches you. And, there I am. While the A's finished the season overall with a losing record, they were 45 and 34 under LaRusa as Tony went on to manage 798 Oakland wins and lead the team to three consecutive World Series appearances. It turned out to be one of the most important nights in the history of the A's. Two people, Dave Stewart and Tony LaRusa, coming home to build a legacy together. July 7, 1986. Tony LaRusa's first game as manager for Oakland and Dave Stewart's first ever start as an A is number 20 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. In all the seasons of A's baseball, spanning 54 years, you can make the argument that 2012 was an unforgettable year. Bob Melvin's first full season as manager, the roster was cobbled together from all over with no true understanding of what was about to happen. A team that scratched and clawed to the top of the American League West on the last day of the regular season with 94 wins. It gave them home field advantage for the division series with the Tigers. Well, sort of. The first two games were in Detroit and the last three if necessary in Oakland. Well, Detroit won games one and two, the A's came home and won game three, two nothing behind Brett Anderson, setting up a must-win game four between rookie A.J. Griffin and Max Scherzer. Josh Donaldson, before game four, thought the A's had a powerful secret weapon, the crowd. The excitement that the fans are bringing from pitch one, and then when anything's happening that's very good for our team, they're just going nuts out there, and it's awesome. And I mean, you just want to continue to feed that fire for the other team over there. I know it, it has to put a little pressure on them just to feel all that heat from the, the fans and everybody yelling and stuff like that and, you know, even more frustration when they're not coming through at the time because, you know, the fans are letting them hear it. And on that night, October 10, 2012, Game 4 of the ALDS is number 19 on our top 50 games in Oakland history. Scoreless in the top of the third, outfielder Austin Jackson came to the plate with a chance to get the Tigers an early lead. Oh, one fastball pulled over third base, a fair ball. Lands in front of Cespedes, in from third base, Avila, and the Tigers take an early 1-0 lead as Cespedes throws it back in towards second base. So Austin Jackson, the leadoff hitter, drives in a run. And for the Tigers, they've got a 1-0 lead. Jackson's first postseason RBI in 2012. Prince Fielder, the son of former Tiger slugger Cecil Fielder, just completed his sixth consecutive season of hitting at least 30 home runs. He was up in the fourth and did what he does best. 
0-2 pitch, swung on, driven high and deep to right. Fielder got a hold of that one. Reddick won't even watch as it goes over his head and into the crowd. On an 0-2 pitch, Prince Fielder bombs one to right field and doubles the Tigers' lead to 2-0. That's so much for the fastball as far as location. Fielder did not miss it. As we talked earlier, he hit one against A.J. in Detroit. So he's got his team pumped up, and I'm sure they're just as pumped because he came through. Remember all the late wins in 2012? The league-leading 15 walk-offs? Being down 2-0, even in an elimination game, didn't phase the 2012 A's. They began the comeback with shortstop Stephen Drew, a late August pickup for the stretch drive. He played in 39 games for Oakland that year and found a way to make a postseason impression. And the 3-2 pitch is swung on line to right center field. Long run for Jackson. He's not going to get it. It's by him. It's going to the wall. Coco has scored. Drew is around second. Drew is going to third. Here's the throw and the tag, and he is going to be out at third base. Rookie A.J. Griffin pitched five innings, followed by two relief innings from Jerry Blevins, keeping the A's close. In the eighth, Sean Doolittle, who began that season in A-ball, converting back to the mound from his college days, was on facing pinch hitter Avisail Garcia. Here's the pitch to Garcia, swung on bounce, into right field for a base hit. Around third, Infante up with the ball is Reddick. Here's the play to the plate. It's not going to be in time. Garcia comes off the bench. He delivers a base hit to right field. Infante scores from second, and the Tigers lead it 3-1. to Down 3-1 at the bottom of the ninth, the A's were facing Tiger closer Jose Valverde. Quickly, the A's, with the help of the energy of the sellout crowd, got started with Josh Reddick. And now the kick. Here's the pitch, and Reddick gets a ground ball to the hole and into right field for a base hit. Past the diving in Ponce, the second baseman diving to his left, and the A's have the shot with the tying run coming up in the ninth. Josh Donaldson represented the tying run, and he just barely missed evening the game with one swing. Valverde out of the stretch. Here's the pitch, and it's swung on and drilled to left center. Up the alley, Dirks back at the wall. It's off the wall. And turning it third, holding it third. They're going to hold Reddick there on a double off the wall in left center field by Donaldson. And the A's are very much alive. That gave Seth Smith a chance to keep the A's season hopes alive. Like Reddick and Drew, he was another new A in 2012. And this band of brothers set the A's faithful into a frenzy. Here's the 1-1 pitch by Valverde on the way. Swung on, driven to right center for a base hit. The A's have tied it up. Scoring from third is Reddick. Around third, Donaldson. Going to second with a double is Smith. And we're all tied up with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Valverde did retire pinch hitter George Kataris on a pop-up and Cade Cliff Pennington hoping for extra innings. But up stepped Coco Crisp and there would be more baseball at the Coliseum in 2012. Coco Crisp has had some great at-bats tonight. He does not have a hit. He reached on an air score to run, but he has done a good job handling the different pitches. Smith leads his second in a tie ball game. Valverde deals, and Coco, it's a base hit to right field. Smith to third, up the ball, bobbled and by Garcia, and the A's have won it. Seth Smith scores from second, a base hit to right field by Coco Crisp. Garcia charging from right, but he bobbled the ball, and once he bobbled it, it was a moot point. The A's are going crazy, back behind the bag at first.
Tigers by the final of four to three. <laughs> Unbelievable. 15 walk-off. Smith, who tied the game with his double and scored the winning run, summed up what the A's were all about that year. There's no quit in this team, and we know that we're going to fight till the end. And until they make the third out of the ninth inning, you know, we've got a chance, and that's how we approach it. And nobody's panicking. We're all in it till the end. Another walk-off in a season where Oakland was dubbed the walk-off capital of baseball. Brought the Athletics all the way back to win game four, four to three in that ALDS against the Tigers. And that's number 19 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. The summer of 2002 was the greatest three weeks in Oakland history. The A's record-setting 20-game winning streak at the time gave A's fans an incredible ride of emotion. But the streak that began on August 13th didn't really have late drama until near the end of the run. As the calendar turned to September, Oakland didn't have a walk-off win in the streak until game 18. And on September 2nd, 2002, the A's welcomed in the Kansas City Royals, poised to tie the American League record for longest win streak in history. And that game is number 18 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. Barry Zito started that night against Runelvis Hernandez. Zito won game one of the streak in game five and 10 and 15. With an off day prior to his start, Zito stayed on turn and was on point in the top of the first. And Zito's 2-2 pitch to Beltran. Swing and a miss. Got it with a breaking ball on the inside corner. That big, sharp breaking ball from Zito. And Barry has his first strikeout. A Monday night crowd of nearly 30,000 was on hand staring at history. But this would not be easy as two unlikely power sources got to Zito in the top of the third. And the 1-0 pitch is hit the left field and it's hit well. It's way back. Justice going back to the wall. Leaps. It's off the wall. Did it go? I think it went. It's a home run. And the Royals have a one to nothing lead. I think the ball ticked off of Justice Glove, Steve. It hit the palm of his glove. Yep. Not even the webbing. Just looking at the replay, it hit off the palm of his glove and hopped right over the fence for a home run. And if David didn't make contact, it would have just hit off the wall and probably been a two-base hit. So here's A.J. Hinch. And Hinch hits it to left field and hits it well. Justice going back. He's looking up. It's gone. Back-to-back home runs on back-to-back pitches by the bottom of the order. Nafi Perez and A.J. Hinch. And it's 2-0 Kansas City. Well, this is shades of the ninth inning yesterday. The Royals kept the pressure on Zito in the following inning as a Luis Ordaz sack fly extended the lead and Carlos Beltran came to the plate to frustrate Barry and the A's in the fourth. Two and two the count and Zito back to the plate. Fastball hit up the middle. Base hit to center field. Past Zito beyond Tejada. Two runs will score and the Kansas City Royals lead this one five to nothing. By the time David Justice ended his career in 2002 as an A, he already won a Rookie of the Year award, won the World Series in 95 with Atlanta, and was MVP of the 2000 ALCS for the Yankees. A stylish player still armed with a smooth swing, Justice made his mark on the streak in the bottom of the fifth following a Jermaine Dye single. Here's Hernandez out of the stretch, and the 2-0 is a swing and a drive down the right field line, hooking in the corner right down the line, City. And the crowd finally has a chance to let loose. They've got a long ways to go, 
but they've cut the lead down to three. Zito got through six innings, but the A's still trailed. Hernandez went back out for the bottom of the sixth and walked the first batter, Ray Durham, and then upstep Scott Hatterberg. And now Hernandez, reading Hinch. He's set. Durham not running. 2-2, a drive to right center up the alley. Nobody's going to catch that, and it goes to the wall. Durham is around second. He's rounding third. He will score easily. Hatterberg goes to second with a double, and the A's are down by two. They're coming back. Scott Hatterberg continues a great weekend. Miguel Tejada stepped in and singled to end the night for the Royals' right-hander. Tony Pena brought in lefty Scott Mullen to face Eric Chavez, but he couldn't stop this oncoming train. Infield back up the middle for two, and the pitch to Chavez on the way. Here's a shot up the middle, base hit, center field. Hatterberg scores. Tejada rounding second will hold on, and Chavez on the first pitch from Scott Mullen bashes a single to center, driving in Hatterberg, and it's 5-4 Kansas City. It's only the sixth inning, and the Coliseum is cooking. One out later, following a double steal, Justice put the cap on his great night, bringing the A's all the way back. The crowd rising is one. And the 3-2 to Justice, swinging it right to right, base hit. Tejada scores. Chavez to third, the ball's bobbled and right by Kyle. Chavez scores. Justice goes to second, and the A's have taken the lead. Oakland held the lead until the top of the eighth, when the Royals tied the game at six on a double play ball. In the top of the ninth, with Billy Koch pitching, Oakland found themselves in another jam with the bases loaded and one out. But the soon-to-be hero in an MVP season was in the right place at the right time to end the inning, starting a double play. Pitch, fastball, bouncy ball up the middle towards second to hot on the bag one, over to first, double play! Incredible! Terrence Long began the bottom of the ninth with a triple, but he was forced at home after two intentional walks on a grounder by Hatterberg. That sent Tejada to the plate, who walked off the Minnesota Twins the previous game to extend the streak to 18, and he had more Mickey Magic in him. So they have Sweeney, Tucker, and Ordaz on the right side, and Perez playing at shortstop, and over now at third base is Alisea, and Miguel Tejada is up for the A's. And wouldn't this be fitting? And the MVP champ, one out, bases loaded. Two outfielders, Ibanez and Beltran playing shallow. Five infielders, one out, ninth inning in a 6-6 tie. Grimsley ready. He deals. And it's a line drive, base hit, center field! Greg Myers scores from third! Tejada wins another ball game! 19th straight for the Athletics! of the incredible 20-game winning streak, September 2nd, 2002, is number 18 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. I can't describe it. I mean, this is the best moment of my life, of my career. And, uh, you know, when all the fans were, were yelling my name, the only thing I was thinking was, don't, do not stroke out, please. Make some contact. And I found some hole, I hit the, the double. I mean, it's so exciting. 
I don't know what to say. Marco Scudero didn't become a regular in the big leagues until 2006 as a 28-year-old infielder. But on October 6, 2006, Game 3 of the American League Division Series against the Minnesota Twins, that was his coming out party, and it's number 17 on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. The A's opened the series against the favorite Twins in Minnesota and won the first two games of the best of five series. Thanks to home runs by Frank Thomas and Mark Hatze, pitching from Barry Zito in the bullpen, and RBIs in each of the first two games from Scudero. Dan Heron faced off against Brad Radke in his final professional game, and in the bottom of the second at the Coliseum, the A's fans were ready to celebrate, and Eric Chavez got them off and running. Here's the 2-1 to Chavez. Swung on, hit the deep right in the corner, way back, and the A's have taken a 1-0 lead. Chavez smokes it into right field in the bottom of the second, 1-0 Athletics. about 30 feet fair just to the right of the steps in the lower deck and deep in the lower deck and right. A's won Minnesota nothing. It would be a lead the A's would not surrender on this day. Still in the second, Marco made it three straight postseason games with an RBI. Peyton leads the first to short lead. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Scudero and Radke deals and Marco and line drive right center base hit. That's going to get through. Peyton is rounding second. Now he's going to third. The ball played back by Kadir. Peyton scores easily on a double to right center by Scudero and now it's 2-0 A's. Marco Scudero shoots one to right center field. His third hit of the series. He scores Peyton from first. It's a double for Scudero and a 2-0 lead for the A's. A Friday afternoon sellout crowd of 36,000 was on hand for the festivities. Part of the athletic success in 06 was the playing of outfielder Milton Bradley. Considered even then a loose cannon, but future Hall of Famer Frank Thomas took on the role of mentor for Milton, and that meant the A's could get the best from him as he delivered in the bottom of the third. Infield hoping to turn two A's, lead at 2-0, bottom of the third. One out, one on, Kotze with a short lead at first. The 2-1 pitch sent in the air to straightaway center. It's got some carry. Back is Hunter to the wall. Goodbye! Off the back wall from Milton Bradley. A mammoth shot to dead center. He scores Mark Kotze and doubles the Oakland lead to 4-0. He hit that ball a ton. Torrey Hunter homered for Minnesota to finally get on the board at the top of the fourth. And the Twins, winners of 96 games during the regular season, were trying to put together a rally in the sixth. And while they added a run, Bradley put on a display using the other side of his game with Rondell White at the plate. Outfield plays him slightly to pull. He's a right-handed hitter. Been around a long time. And Heron's 0-1 to White is swung on bounce to the hole into right field base hit. More no scores. Rounding third is Hunter. Here's the throw by Bradley. They got a shot to tag and out at the plate is Torrey Hunter. He can't believe it. He's going to argue it with the plate umpire Mike Everett. One run scores, but the second possible run is thrown out at the plate by Milton Bradley as he nails Torrey Hunter on a single to right by Rondell White, and it's a 4-2 A's lead. Radke was done after four innings, and then the Twins' bullpen was trying to stay in the game. Heron finished six innings before Justin Dukeshire came on in relief. After two outs in the bottom of the seventh, the Twins intentionally walked Thomas, 
and Chavez walked as well, sending Jesse Crane into the game facing Jay Payton. His ground ball was booted at first base, leaving the bases loaded and giving Marco Scudero the opportunity of his career. You hear the crowd chanting, Marco Scudero. That has to be such a marvelous feeling for Marco Scudero. Everything he has done for this ball club in three years, and especially this year in the second half with Crosby going down, and to hear the fans cheering his name in a seventh inning, it's unbelievable. It's only taken the, the folks around the country to realize the three years that Marco has performed for Oakland. And the reality is, Ray, that many players' careers and their legacies are determined at this time of the year. October is where memories are made. And Marco's begun his with three RBIs, three doubles in this series. And the A's trying to sweep this uh, series against Minnesota. Bases loaded, one and two to Scudero. Roddy versus Roddy. Cranes pitch, line down the right field side by Kadair. Fair ball in the corner. He's going to clear the bases. Chavez has scored. Peyton has scored. Here comes Swisher. Here's the throw. He's safe. He's safe. Marco Scudero. A bases clearing double. It's 8-2 Oakland. All that was left was closing out the game and series. From 2000 to 2006, the A's averaged 95 wins and reached the postseason five times but until this day could not escape the division series. That changed with Luis Castillo at the plate. Athletics 8, Minnesota 3. Third game of the 06 division series. And the A's dug out all season. Injuries. They're ready to erupt if Houston Street can get the final out. Bartlett leads at first. Castillo back to the plate. The outfield shallow in their toward left. Chavez close to the bag at third. Street out of the stretch. He's ready now. The 2-2 pitch. A fly ball to left. This is going to do it. Jay Payton is there. He makes the catch. The A's are moving on. The A's have won the series. They've swept the Twins. And the A's advance to the ALCS. They're going nuts at the Coliseum. This put the A's into the league championship series for the first time since 1992. And Marco Scudero's three-run double finally got him into the spotlight on this day, October 6, 2006. Game three of the ALDS. That's game 17 on our list of Oakland's greatest games. What else can you say? The greatest leadoff hitter of all time, Ricky Henderson. Short, sweet, and to the point. We've worked our way through the top 50 games in Oakland history. And next on the list is number 16. But when it comes to Ricky Henderson, the greatest player in Oakland A's history, one game cannot do this Hall of Famer justice. So we ask your indulgence to allow this spot to be a retrospective on Ricky. It began in the East Bay with Shooty Babbitt playing alongside Ricky. Then came high school and Oakland Tech. Football was still his first love, but someone knew how to bribe him to the baseball diamond. My counselor, Mrs. Wilkinson, bribed me into playing baseball. She would pay me a quarter every time I would get a hit, a run score, or stole a base. After my first 10 games, I had 30 hits, 25 runs scored, and 33 steal. <laughs> Not bad money for a kid. 
in high school. <laughs> 25 seasons in the major leagues, 14 with Oakland over four separate occasions. He stole 100 bases in his first full season as a 21-year-old. Two years later, on August 26th in Milwaukee, he tied Luke Rock's single season record for stolen bases. There he goes! And the throw down and the oh! He will face number 118 The following game, he would steal four more and route to a new single season record of 130. When the A's needed a boost to return to the World Series in 1989, they summoned Ricky back to Oakland from the Yankees in June and sparked the team back to the postseason. He won the LCS MVP that year in part because of Game 4 versus Toronto. And this highlight is part of a two-homer night for Henderson. This will get a run home, maybe more. Mosby going back, looking up, out of here, and into wow. the black seats, the hitting background. There aren't many leadoff men who can launch one like that to dead center field. And again in the World Series, he started game four with the bang in San Francisco, the best ever with 81 career leadoff homers. And he hits a high fly ball to left field, and that one is carrying, and back goes Mitchell, and it's a launching pad again tonight. Enjoy this collection of Ricky highlights from 1990 when he won the league MVP. He hit 325, had an on-base percentage of 439, and scored 119 runs. Swung on, hit high and deep to left field, and if that's fair, you can tell it goodbye. It's Devereaux who hits a smash to left center field. Ricky Henderson dives, and he makes the catch. He was always ready to do something that no one had done before, as he showed Cleveland in 1993. There's a swing and a long drive. That is built far deep. Other than that, he's been with the ball club since the start of the year. There's a drive to left field. It's hit deep. It is gone. Holy Toledo. Has anyone ever done that? Ricky Henderson has homered to open the A's first inning for the second time in this doubleheader. So many teammates over the years and so many Ricky stories. One of the best came from the late Dave Henderson. When he first got traded over, um, everybody called me Hindu. And we were walking through the clubhouse one day, and somebody said Hindu, and we both turned around. And I said, well, this isn't going to work. Two Hindus on a team. And so he's leading off, and it's one of those things where we made a little bet in the on-deck circle. The first guy that goes deep is going to be Hindu on this team. And, of course, I forgot that he leads all major leagues of first-inning home runs. And Darren Oliver was on the mound, a left-hander for Texas. And... And, of course, he hit a home run, and I never got a chance to reboot. And he came in uh, running around the bases laughing like crazy, and the other team thought he was mocking them. And I had to go bat second, and I had to explain to the umpire, the catcher, the pitcher, that we had a little bet going because they were going to throw at me because they thought Ricky was mocking them. But it all turned out to be that, you know, he's Ricky and I'm Hindu. Nobody called him Hindu anyway. <laughs> and he had the respect of baseball's most exclusive club, members of baseball's Hall of Fame, like Nolan Ryan. The interesting thing about Ricky was he was the premier leadoff hitter that's ever played the game to my knowledge and, and uh, because of the power he possessed. So you knew that uh, he had a good eye, that he was uh, would like to walk. He wants to get on, make something happen right off the get-go. But uh, you could not take him as a hitter lightly because if you did, he's liable to uh, hit one out of the park. And so 
you really had to approach him like you did a third or fourth place hitter. Pitch him tough, but with his eye, he would work the count to his favor. So he was a very challenge to start off the game, and, and that's unusual for most leadoff hitters. Of course, Ricky had many moments, 3,055 career hits, 1,406 stolen bases, 2,295 runs. Of course, the steals and runs still major league records. But the signature moment took place May 1st, 1991 at the Coliseum with Lou Brock in attendance as Henderson became the Man of Steel. Ricky, of course, has been the master of stealing third. But many times it was with a little more surprise as the element. And everybody trying to concentrate on Ricky opens up all kinds of holes on the infield. So the cat and mouse game continues. How's Ricky? I'd just take off. He's having come from behind a three, a one-nothing deficit. Ricky goes, a pitch taken, he's going to have it. He does. Ricky Henderson, no contest, steals third base, jerks the bag from its moorings and holds it aloft, representing number 939. Ricky pounds it with his left fist, hands it to equipment manager Frank Sinchek, who gives him a big hug. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. No question, he earned the spot on the countdown. Not one game, but a collection of electrifying moments from Oakland's greatest player. Number 16 on our top 50 list, the one and only Ricky Henderson. I am now in the class of the greatest players of all time. And at this moment, I am very, very humble. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.